0: Time to Thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bacham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. I once had a person call me who wanted me to work with him as a coach and as we were talking, I was talking about some of the places where we get stuck and I talked a little bit about fear and he said, "You know what? I have no fears. I have no fears about anything." And I said to him, you're not going to be a good client for me. And he said, why? I thought you wanted somebody who would have no fears. And I said, the problem with somebody who has no fears is they're not doing anything to push the margins. When we have no fears in our lives, we're existing in a very small place. This is a series about how to deal with fear, not how to have no fears, because I don't believe that's possible unless you play in a very, very small area and refuse to notice the areas of growth. If you are a person who is about growing and expanding, you're going to have fear. That's part of the process. It exists with everyone who ever moves in a new direction. Every change, every discovery starts with a question, though, and we find that the questions unlock us. They don't get us out of the fear. They allow us to use the fear to find great things. So remember that whenever you're moving towards a change every discovery, every change in your life will start with a question. Think about how many changes have happened in our culture, in our world, when somebody said, what if? What if I put all of these different things into a phone and somebody could carry all of these in their pocket? What if we shrunk the size of this and made it into this? What if we crossed that ocean? What if we traveled into space? What if... And you can fill in the blank of all the questions that come from that. Or I wonder why. I wonder why that element does that. I wonder why this acts that way. And they go and find it out. Or how could I? How could I find a new way to get to this place? Or how could I climb that mountain? Or how could I cross that ocean? And suddenly new vistas opened up because of those questions. But there is one question that will always keep you stuck. And that question is, why did? And the why did is followed with why did I or why did that or why did they? Because those why did questions are always asking the mostly unanswerable question. Why did my parents do that? Well, there's so many different variables to that. Why did that person do that crime? Well, there's so many variables to that. Why did I act in that way? Well, there's so many variables to that. And what it does is it leads us on this endless loop of questions that cannot be answered, the unanswerable question of why did. Years ago, I realized as I was in a hospital setting as a chaplain that when people were asking the question, why did this happen? They were really trying to figure out how to have it not happen. They were trying to find a way for it to not have occurred. Why did that accident happen? Why did this illness come upon me? Why did I have this crisis? And what they were really trying to figure out is a way of rewriting history. That's what why is about, trying to find an explanation that does a couple of things. It gets us away from responsibility and it assigns it to somebody else. Now, it can be entertaining over a beer and maybe even self-gratifying when we have that conversation with the therapist or a friend because it's always about that changing the blame. So what we are trying to do is assign blame to other people Or, and often at the same time, excuse our own responsibility. So we're trying to find blame and remove responsibility from ourselves. Find blame to put it on somebody else. Take it away from ourselves. That's what why is about. I can tell you many times as a therapist, I spent a lot of effort of getting people to not ask the question, why? And the reason is because they would spend hours delving into the why without ever moving or finding a way to move beyond it. And what I realized was that they rather enjoyed being stuck on the why, because why is a place to captivate our mind, captivate our thoughts, keep us wondering about the the motives of people, the the uh, subconscious motives of people, maybe the even the ulterior motives of people, and it kept them focused on that rather than the place that they needed to be focused. How do I move beyond this? How do I deal with this? How do I take on personal responsibility and move to a different place? You see, what really moves us forward is always human curiosity, but aimed in the right direction. Human curiosity about why did this happen is usually a lost cause. Now, we can look back over cultures and see that every culture has the stories of why things happen. We can look to the ancient Greeks and Romans and look at their mythology and recognize that they're asking the why did that happen question. And we can even look in our own belief systems now of talking about why it happens. Isn't that what politics is really about? We're telling stories of Why people do what they do and how to move beyond it. Unfortunately, a lot of our rhetoric gets caught up only in the why did that, and we never move to the next piece. What do we do? How do we move beyond it? Human curiosity, though, is always what moves us to take any risks we take. Whether it's exploration or invention or exhilaration, it's always about testing. And risking. And that's where we want to focus our energy for the process of dealing with our fears. We, we have this question of curiosity that allows us to spread. As we know from uh, the human migration, it, we started as humans from a very small place. And grew to encompass the world, always looking for how might we live in that ever hostile environment around us? How can we tame that environment around us? And so we'll notice that there are often people who live in places that we can't imagine living. I've often wondered about people who live in very cold climates because I prefer to be in warmer climates also wonder about people who live in very hot climates, you know, in, in desert environments. So why wouldn't they go to somewhere cooler? Well, we find a place and we figure out how to um, take ourselves into that place and find a way of dealing with all the risk around us. That's that curiosity about exploration. Or curiosity of invention. Look around at how many times we have created something. And when we think that everything has been explored, when we think that everything, we've kind of reached that point where we we know everything and that everything is is kind of already done, someone comes along and and does a whole turnaround. In my lifetime, I've watched the growth of the Internet. And I remember the years before the Internet, which means that in the Internet years, I'm an old guy on on the net. And I remember how we used to shop and how we used to do things. And we often talk to our children about how things were before the Internet and how we had to do things before the Internet. And look at the change of that, that we could never have imagined, never have conceived what was possible. And then suddenly it comes along and flips everything upside down because somebody said, how might that change things? I wonder what would be if we did this. And suddenly some great invention changes us. That happens over and over in human history. Somewhere along the way, some creature said, I wonder what would happen if I put this food over that flame. I wonder how it would change. And we ended up with a whole new approach to how we deal with food that probably kept us safe for a long time. Or we often do the uh, human curiosity about exhilaration. What person in their right mind wonders what it would be like to jump off a cliff with some piece of of fabric on their back, and yet people decided that would be exciting to do? Or somebody looked at this body of water flying down in white water and said, I wonder how I could ride that down and over that waterfall. They were looking for exhilaration, but also in the point of exploration. That's the human curiosity that takes us on. It's always about testing and always about trying to figure out how to deal with the risks that come with those tests. I've told the story a few times about years ago when my son was going skiing and, um, and his mother was telling, my wife was telling him to be careful, that she didn't want him to come home hurt. And I said, don't be too careful, though. If you're not falling, you're not pushing. You're not learning. You're not trying to figure out how to ski better. You're skiing safe. And that's the nature of our human curiosity to see how far can I push it? My son is uh, getting ready to go back to college, and he's excited to be taking back a ghost pepper to get somebody there to eat this pepper and see if they can do it without any dairy. Now, we all think of these little crazy dares that people do, and what we fail to notice is that's all about self-exploration and exploring the world around us and seeing how can I deal with that and how can I take that risk. Fear, though, is always about raising the red flags, Fear always tells you not to explore, not to question, not to test your world. In fact, fear does not like the questions. Fear likes the statements. Fear tells you how to stay safe, how to avoid harm, how to play small, how to stay in your own little box. So when you hear your mind making statements about danger, notice there's no questioning to it. It's just saying, you've got to be careful here. Don't do that. Fear, see, doesn't understand that the box is too small and that box keeps you stuck and ultimately keeps you unsafe because what we know is our explorations always take her to better places and places that bring us greater joy and greater meaning and greater depth that take us out of our lives of the humdrum. When people tell me they have no fear, I know they're not pushing Because if they are pushing, they've got to have fear. If you've got fear in your life, it's telling you that you're pushing towards something new, that you're at the place where it's time to move into something else. Fear, however, lives in the statements. Never the questions, except for the question of why did that happen? Other than that, fear lives in statements used to, to keep you small. That's the nature of fear. Whenever you hear that voice of fear, notice it's just a statement. Whenever you notice the voice of aspiration within you, notice it's a question. What can I do? How can I move forward? And part of what we want to do is find some ways of unlocking where you really need to move. And so today, I want to talk to you about two magic questions that many people have used over the years. These are not my invention, but I want to bring them to your attention so that you can use them to unlock yourself from the fear. Now, these two magic questions will work even if you're a bit doubtful. Even if you're a bit fearful, they'll work if you allow yourself into the process. So what I want you to do is to take two pieces of paper and at the top of each piece of paper, write one of these questions. And then underneath that, I want you to ask yourself the question and then just answer it. Read yourself the question and answer what that question is. Whatever pops into your mind is great. Don't allow your mind to be thinking about why you can't do what came out. Because remember, the magic question is just to unlock your thinking. And no matter how outlandish or impossible it seems, write it down. I can tell you now that this is why there is a manuscript that I am at the tail end of of editing because I asked myself one of these questions and immediately it popped out of my head. And this was a couple of years ago and I knew what I needed to do. I knew I needed to quit messing around and I needed to get serious about what was what was had been in my mind because what this unveils is the places you need to move towards. Remember this. Fear is always an importance indicator. It points you to what's important. So now we're going to use that to brush it aside and get you into the right place. Okay, so there are two magic questions. At the first page, on that top of the first page, I want you to write this. If I had no fear, what would I do? If I had no fear, what would I do? And then begin to think about who could you be? what would you do? How would you live your life? What are the things that you've kept back from? So the magic question, if I had no fear, what would I do? Then spend your time answering that question. And you'll notice that some things immediately pop out at you that you have been knowing about, right? This is not telling you anything that you don't already know in your mind, but that fear has kept you from moving towards. And the second is, What would I do if I knew I could not fail? What would I do if I knew I could not fail? That's what you put at the top of the second page. Write that down and then answer. What would I do if I knew I could not fail? Okay, so that's your assignment to work on those two questions. The first question, if I had no fear, what would I do? And what would I do if I knew I could not fail? They're very similar questions, but they'll get you to a different place of thinking. Okay, that brings you to wonder what the next step is. Well, the next step is do nothing. At least for right now, do nothing. Let your response ferment a little bit within you. Let it live within you. Because when I asked that question, what would I do if I had no fear? And what would I do if I could not fail? My immediate response was to write a book. And my hope was that the book would be read, but my immediate response was enough. I would write that book. And there was a secondary response. I would leave the job I was in at that point, write that book, and focus on what my passions were about. That was a big change for me. The first thing that came out was writing the book. The second thing was I needed to leave the job I was in. And the third thing was I needed to leave the job I was in to do the things that I love to do and that I'm good at. That included coaching and moving through people through a process where they're living not without fear, but living beyond the fear, living where that fear has pointed them in the right direction. So the question will be how you answer those questions, how you come up with where the next place is. So the next step is to do nothing. But let that answer ferment. One of the things that surprised me was how quickly my answer came and so much so that it shocked me and it woke me up and I went, oh, that's it. That's, That's the answer. And that's what we want for you is to find that place where you go, wow, that's my next place. You don't have to come up with how to do it right now. We'll talk about how you move forward in the next episode. But right now, all you need to be doing is answering those two magic questions. If I had no fear, what would I do? You can think about who would you be, what would you do, how would you live, and then ask yourself, what would I do if I knew I could not fail? Put down your answers, set them aside, and just let it ferment until we get back together and talk about how to live a thriving life no matter what's coming your way.